Good morning, good morning, everyone, dear viewers. Welcome to another Catholics at Home session. Today we have with us a special guest from Penang. And also for those of you who are here for the first time listening to us, welcome. We hope you enjoy the show and keep coming back for more. So along with us this morning is our regular, our regular host, Father Clarence. Welcome, Father Clarence. Hi, Glenn. Good morning to you. How are you? Great. How's it at your site in KL? I think now that we have moved to phase three, uh, I see a lot more cars on the road. I think people are getting back to some sense of normalcy. Uh, it is good, uh, mm. but at the same time, it's also a little worrying uh, to see so many people. After like 18 months of not seeing many cars on the road, now when I drive out, uh, you see a lot of people and you, you kind of worry, you know, uh, you know what, what, what's next, what's next. But I think, you know, we, we, we just kind of need to also uh, take a step forward. Uh, can't be in a lockdown forever. A lot, of people, lot yeah. more people are vaccinated. Uh, a little more pro protection uh, out there. Uh, so I think, you know, slowly we are facing back into to some sense of normalcy. And, and that's good for a lot of people who, uh, who have been struggling uh, economically, mm. uh, you know, uh, emotionally, uh, and even spiritually, eventually, even now, it's just open people can come back to to reconnect with God. Amen. How have you been keeping? Uh, you, you're back to work or are you still working from home? Yes, you... I, I've been sort of working from home. I I, I work upon call, people's back and right. call. Okay. Yeah. I help people in their final journey. All right. Okay. Okay. Yes. So that's... that's, and, that's... Uh, and yeah, for Glenn, those of you... Thing. Uh, do do share your comments about where you're from, which parish. Maybe some of you are from outstation East Malaysia, and especially if you are from Penang. Shout it out! Yeah, I think I think it's important that you know people just we see a lot of regulars coming in uh, every Saturday morning uh, into our podcast. Uh, it's nice to see some familiar names. Uh, so if you just kind of type out where you're from, uh, which parish you're from, uh, we are kind of building a little virtual community here. Uh, of people uh, from different parts of Malaysia. And I also know that people from outside Malaysia uh, do follow us, uh, despite the, the, the time difference uh, th that they are in, uh, people still tune in. So wherever you are tuning in from, welcome to, to Catholics at Home. Uh, and this morning, uh, we have a special guest, as Glenn mentioned. Uh, we have the, the Bishop of Penang Diocese with us uh, to talk with us a little bit about this uh, journey that, that Pope Francis is inviting us to. Glenn, have you heard the word Synod of Bishops or Synodality that the Holy Father is calling us to? Or is it the first time you're hearing as you prepare for the show? Let's be honest. <laughs> ah, <laughs> but, but right. In, in, 
in, in all honesty, uh, in my parish, Father Gregory Chan has mentioned it a few times. So I think even uh, you, you priests are also getting geared for it, reminded, being reminded to prepare for it. So I'm excited that we're all going to get to know more about it. And yeah, so this, this so this morning we're going to talk to Bishop Sebastian, who is the president of the Catholic Bishops Conference of Malaysia, Singapore, and Brunei, uh, and he's going to be very integral in this process of leading this process for the country. Um, and so we'd like to speak to him and, and help our viewers understand a little bit about what this process or what is the Synod of Bishop on Synodality that the Holy Father is calling us to. Uh, let's welcome uh, Bishop Sebastian into our conversation. Good morning, Bishop. Welcome. Morning, Glenn, Clarence, and all Bishop. the Catholics at home. Morning. Uh, it's great to have you back. Uh, you, were with, you were with us some months ago uh, to talk a little bit about where is God in this pandemic, and, and there was a great uh, response, uh, feedback from people uh, helping them to try and understand, especially God uh, in times of challenges and difficulties. Uh, and this morning, another, yet another interesting topic, I hope, uh, a challenging one, I'm sure. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about this upcoming synod. Uh, that the Holy Father has called for. Now, why we are talking about this synod is it is quite different from the previous synods because there's going to be a process uh, that most people are going to be involved in, or a lot of people, as many people as possible, the Holy Father is inviting uh, to be involved in. Could you just walk walk, walk with us, uh, Bishop, uh, and, and let us know what is this whole synod of Bishop all about? Uh, a little bit about his history, a little bit of what it means uh, to help our, our viewers understand uh, the invitation of the Holy Father. Okay, so let us start with something very down to earth. Um, I have never attended a synod. So I am in some ways uh, a bit like you, Glenn. Uh, I've never attended. I've been a bishop for 10 years. I've never attended a synod in my entire life. Okay. And uh, that itself shows uh, how unique uh, this uh, synod is, or this word synod is. And I, I dress to kill today, as you can see the way I'm dressed, uh, because um, as president of the Bishops' Conference of Malaysia, Singapore, Brunei, I will be the only bloke uh, for the whole of Malaysia, Singapore, and Brunei representing all of you at the synod in Rome in 2023. And when we are there, uh, we will be maybe about 300 bishops from all over the world. And uh, so it's really uh, the whole world, the whole Catholic world coming together with Pope Francis uh, represented by bishops. Okay. That's why, that's why it's called the Synod of Bishops. Uh, and What does uh, the Synod mean, Bishop? Uh, tell okay. us what, what is, what is this, the word Synod that we use. Uh, for a lot of people, it will sound like Greek, which okay. it is. But what, what does it mean? <laughs> So, the word synod by itself is a Greek word. It's not an English word, okay? But it has been borrowed by the English language probably. And in its uh, simple meaning, it simply means meeting, council, gathering, okay? And um, so, the Pope uh, is the only guy who can call for a synod. No one else can do it or has the authority or the power to do it. Only he can call for a synod of the entire church, okay? And uh, so, as I told you, 
all of us will be dressed in black except him he will be dressed in white okay so um the word synod a greek word which means council or gathering or meeting uh has also over the years uh, come to mean a journeying together in the english language journeying together you may say oh okay it's bishops and the pope journeying together but what is unique about the synod uh, the coming synod uh, with pope francis or, or, or as the as the main driving force he wants all of you to be involved well that's a difference okay he wants oh, as many people huh we'll come to that later father okay we'll come to that later so the other word that i want to introduce here is a latin word which means vade mecum huh vade simply means walk mecum means with me so pope francis is telling each one of you huh catholics at home and beyond i want you to walk with me in this journey towards the synod of 2023 and of course we will have to slowly unfold unpack what synodality means somehow it means we are going to walk together with pope francis and he's going to ask you uh, your comments your your feelings your insights on a certain number of things which we will talk about later okay bisha before before we we get into the whole upcoming synod Uh, help us understand a little bit about the history of of synods i mean uh, when did it start uh, what happens at a synod um, are there different types of synods uh, that, that the holy father calls for well the the word synod came into use only in 1965 after vatican council 2 where the pope in charge at that time was pope paul vi and he in 1965 immediately after vatican council 2 uh, he established what is called an instrument uh, called the synod of bishops which means that whenever the pope feels the need to bring a certain uh, the, the church together the universal church together he is uh, has the freedom to call us For example ever since Pope Francis became the pope in 2013 he has called for two synods and this is going to be the third universal synod the first synod he called for was the synod on family life and that was represented by archbishop john wong from kota kinabalu why did we send him He's the only bloke representing the whole of Malaysia Singapore Brunei because he's the bishop put in charge of family life by our bishops conference. The second synod was a synod on youth to have a consultation about young people. And Archbishop Simon Poe attended that synod on behalf of all of us. And the third synod is on the kind of church we want for this time for this third millennium. Uh this pandemic and post pandemic church what is it going to be like and he has called for this synod and the topic this time is really synodality which means what kind of a church are we going to have in 2023 and beyond so that is a little bit the the gist of what it's all about 
there are there are three types of synods, uh, Bishop, that we know of. Uh, would you would you care to explain a little bit the three types of of synods uh, that? Because there's also a, a kind of a regional one that happened recently uh, in the area of, of the Americas, the, the Amazon. Uh, that what would you like to say something about the, the types of synods? Yeah, the first is what is called the ordinary general synod, and by by the way, the one we are going to have in 2023 is an ordinary general synod, and it is the 16th ordinary general synod. Now, that means there have been 16 synods since 1965 till now, okay? And the second and the topic, as I told you, is on synodality. Uh, maybe the easiest way to understand the word synodality is the, the kind of church we want for today in Malaysia and throughout the whole world, okay? And the second kind of synod is called an extraordinary general synod. Well, these are just technical terms. Don't get too worried about them. But anyway, the one on family, they, they, it is considered extraordinary because the Pope wants to discuss on some urgent matters, which he considers urgent for the whole world. And for him, uh, in 2014, when he called for the extraordinary General Synod on family life, he thought it was important to focus on family life. And in a way, uh, how, how it's fantastic how the Holy Spirit inspires him. Because you look at the pandemic situation we are in now. It's all now focused on the family. And the Pope and the Holy Spirit inspired him to call for a synod on family life in 2014, way before the, the pandemic broke up. And to kind of prepare family life for what is coming up in the future. So the third kind of a synod is a special assembly and they tend to be more regional. For example, the big one they had recently in the Pan-Amazon region of South America, Central America, that area. Uh, that is a regional kind of a synod. So these are the, the variety of synods. And the one we are going to focus on in two years time from now we are going to start the preparations in October 17th, and uh, I will like, tell you why 17th. And uh, it's going to be an ordinary general synod. And I will be present there, uh, God willing, in 2023, representing all of you. And, and uh, okay. You we'll usually talk about uh, you know, the synods uh, and what happens in the synod, and and there's always a kind of a, a post-synodal uh, apostolic exhortation. For example, after the synod on the family, we had Amoris Letizia. Uh, and then after the one on the youth, we had the, the Christus Vivid. Uh, uh, and in that sense, the, the proceedings, or at least the proceedings of the, the synods uh, are made known uh, to the people. At least the conclusions, uh, what came out of that synod. Uh, but usually there are there are some phases. We call it the phases of of uh, a synod. There's, there is a kind of a, a preparatory phase. There's a kind of a discussion phase. Then there's also uh, the implementation phase. Um, there's going to be a great uh, uh, process uh, in this preparatory phase for this upcoming synod. Um, if you could help us understand a little bit. Uh, uh, 
Bishop, uh, what's going to take place? Uh, what's this preparation going to be uh, in in the view of the 2023 uh, Synod on Synodality? Yeah, so don't be, um, you know, be led away by, because there's a lot of technicalities involved in answering all these questions. Huh? There's a lot of discipline involved in answering all these questions. As Clarence so clearly said, uh, there are three phases. Huh? The first is the consultation phase. The second is the discussion phase. And the third is the implementation phase. Now, what is unique about this particular synod? In the past, much of these three phases involved only the bishops. Okay? To what extent the bishops uh, consulted all of you is anybody's guess. Okay? To what extent? But this time, the Pope is putting a lot of emphasis and uh, to the especially via the bishops. He depends on us to get this down to the grassroots. Okay? Uh, and and he has come out with a whole lot of of very simple uh, uh, ways in which this consultation phase can reach the rock bottom of the church can reach the rock bottom of the church. That means people like Glenn and and all of you at home, okay, and not just the bishops and the clergy and so on and so forth. So he wants it to be really participatory. And with the modern means of communication, this is very, very possible today. It's very, very possible. So from now, actually, we are going to launch it on October the 17th mm -hmm. uh, in two, in three weeks' time. Okay? Who is we? The whole church, every bishop has been encouraged to launch this process on the 17th of October in this year, 2021. And uh, and we, the bishops of Malaysia, Singapore, Brunei, God willing, will launch it from our cathedrals on the 17th of uh, October. Okay? And once it is launched, it will go through the, the phase of consultation. And it's all very... Met, met, it is very systematic. It's very systematic. It's not left to chance. It's not left to, you know, it's very systematic. There is a, a kind of a process that will be slowly explained to you uh, after the 17th of October. And we have set up a committee, one from each diocese, 11 of us, under the chairmanship of the Executive Secretary of the Catholic Bishops' Conference, Charles Bertil. And actually, I have the names of all the 11 representatives. Uh, and uh, I think uh, I don't need to mention the names. And this group of 11 persons, together with Charles Bertil, and maybe myself, whenever I'm consulted, will help the 11 dioceses to bring this message down to the grassroots. And grassroots means BECs, grassroots means families, Grassroots means young people, old people, whoever, okay, parish councils, uh, church leaders, clergy, religious, laity, every Tom, Dick, and Harry, okay. Uh, at least theoretically, we hope it will happen because that's what the Pope wants, okay. Uh -huh. That's what he wants, and you and I just obey. That's it. Get it done. 
Wonderful. <laughs> Simple as that. And and I declare here that we will obey. That's it. Amen. Obey the Holy Spirit through Pope Francis. He's pleading with you. He's, he's begging you, please walk with me, journey with me. Uh, and, yes. and, and we will do it slowly, slowly, but surely. Bishop, before you go into the, into the, into the processes, uh, before you go into the processes, you talked about a kind of a launch on the 17th of October uh, in every diocese, uh, possibly in all the cathedrals. Uh, but just prior to that, one week before that, Pope Francis himself will launch it uh, from the Vatican for the Universal Church. Now, we, we don't know how that's going to look like, uh, but if you could give us a little bit of insight, at least for the Diocese of Penang, uh, what will you be doing to launch this? Clarence is absolutely right. Huh? Pope Francis will launch it one week before the 17th of October from St. Peter's Basilica in Rome. One week later, 17th of October, every blooming bishop must launch it okay, throughout the whole world. Huh? And that those are the instructions. Every blessed bishop. La. And we are blooming because this is a fantastic time to be a bishop. Okay, and to be in leadership. Okay, that's why we are blooming, huh? Okay. I like the so, way you put it. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll launch it. What will I do? Huh? I will have a mass at the Cathedral of the Holy Spirit here in Penang on the 17th of October at 9 a.m. And I have prepared actually a message, uh, a pastoral letter to be uh, read out in wherever, in all the churches, not just in my diocese, but even beyond. And uh, then we will have some little mass, of course, as usual, but launch it on the 17th. And the first phase begins on the 17th of October and will carry us until about uh, February next year. By February next year, uh, we have to collate all the findings from the various dioceses and our central committee of 11 of us together with Charles Bertil the secretary and myself, we will look at the and collate that stuff. And we will present it to the bishop's conference, who will finalize it and send it to Rome by April next year. Okay, so the consultation phase is from now, October till about April. Yeah? And uh, after that, the bishops will have to pick it up and look at it, endorse it, send it to Rome, and Rome will tell us from there how they will proceed. But while all this is going on, uh, uh, I can tell you that actually they have even established two emails, okay, for anyone who wants to contribute, to participate, to say something uh, that, is, that is close to their heart about the church, and they can't get through the official channels, they have established two emails. We have established two emails where anyone can put in their comments, their responses. Uh, you can show it on the screen if you want. One is called synodus at synod.vatican. Uh, that is one of the emails. Okay. For those who are not able to participate in, the di in their diocesan synod processes, which will involve uh, the BECs, the leaders, and so on and so forth. Huh? But have something to share directly 
okay, without going through the official channels uh, to our bishops' conference or even directly to the Pope, uh, to the Synod office at the Vatican, they can do so at Executive Secretary, uh, who will handle it for us, exe-sec uh, at cbcmsb.org. Oh, okay, if you don't think that we fellas will pass it on and we will sit on it and, you know, then you can even send it directly to the Vatican at uh, Synod, uh, Synod US at Synod.va. So all this, now this is the way the Pope wants everyone to participate and to have a say. Okay, so... Well, Bishop, if you, if you could give us some insight, how uh, this consultation is going to take place? Uh, is, it a, is it a kind of a questionnaire that's going to be sent out? Uh, is it an online uh, on, on a uh, platform that people can participate? Of course, for, exa for, exa for instance, those who are already in the inner circles of the church, they will have access to this. Uh, what about those who are, who are not uh, you know, within the confines of the church? How do we... How do we get consultation from them? Uh, do you have uh, some insight to that? As I said, um, this is all going to be on the social media. It's available to anyone, uh, in, whether you like the church, you don't like the church, you like the leadership of the church, you don't like the leadership of the church, you will have an, a possibility of expressing whatever you want to express, okay? But of course, it's going to be guided. Eh? It's going to be guided as far as the official channels are concerned because we have received the document telling us uh, what are the 10 areas that the Pope wants to consult us about. Okay? So there is a certain uh, discipline for those who want to follow the discipline. Okay? The Pope wants to consult us on 10 areas and it is all going to be presented to all of you very soon through our committee. It is already on the CBC MSP website. All this is already available there. Okay. And there are 10 thematic uh, topics that the Pope wants to ask you to tell him uh, how you are journeying along uh, with these 10 themes. The first is called the journeying companions. It's a very general thing. Eh? It's rather interesting how he puts it. Uh, who are the ones who are journeying together? And theoretically, it can be any Catholic. And since it is uh, on, 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 uh, online, actually anybody can join in. The second is a process of listening. He's asking us a couple of questions on what is the quality of our listening. Uh, the third is on the need to speak out uh, with freedom, with truth, and with charity on whatever uh, top things that you think are important for the church. Then he mentions the fourth is how we could celebrate this whole thing. How we could celebrate it at the bottom right to the top. How we could celebrate it. The fifth is uh, asking us a couple of questions on how we are together co-responsible for the mission of the church. For the mission of the church. The sixth is Dialogue, which is very dear to us in Asia. Uh, dialogue uh, with society, with people of other faiths, dialogue of life, dialogue of cultures, so on and so forth. 
The seventh is ecumenism. What is happening as we try to reach out to our Christian, other Christian brothers and sisters? The fourth is uh, authority. How is authority being exercised in the church and our participation? And the ninth is how do we have mechanisms for, for discerning and deciding in the church? And the last is the need for formation in order to give everyone needs to be formed to become a participatory synodal church. <laughs> anyway, these are the 10 topics that he has given us. Well, hopefully Amen. all this, every Tom, Dick and Harry in the church. Yeah. Uh, Bishop, those are very contemporary and uh, contemporary topics, very related to us, not some theory. I, I'm so glad they are being asked on topics like dialogue, ecumenism, formation. Yeah, I like that. I, I believe there's a theme also to this, right? Um, it's it's about, where did I write it down? Yeah, it's about communion, participation, and mission. Would you, would you like to, to elaborate more on that, Bishop? Yeah. Uh, that's the three words that uh, give us the, the whole direction, uh, that it is about communion, okay? And uh, of course, we will have to explain to our Catholics what communion means. Uh, there are so many levels of communion, the fundamental being the communion between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit within the Trinity. And mm -hmm. now, extended beyond that is the communion that we are trying to build within the church as clergy, religious, and laity, working together, journeying together under the leadership of the bishops. That's another kind of communion, okay? And the third communion is our kind of uh, reaching out to all God's people, wherever they may be, and forming so many different alliances with people of other faiths, with NGOs, you, you name it, there's so much of this networking. Call it networking, call it communion, call it uh, uh, working together. That's The word communion has all those implications. And it is basically a spirituality. It is basically a spirituality, what the great Cardinal Sota Fernandez used to say uh, until he, till he died. Uh, we are not Sindarian Barhat. We must learn to journey together, to walk together, but under clear leadership. If there's no leadership, the whole thing will collapse. So let us not be naive uh, that all this can happen without leadership. Okay? So I have see a vision, which I'm promoting, uh, that we are going to be a church of apostles. Okay? And what do I mean by apostles? The bishops are the successors of the apostles. That is our church. They are our leaders, period. Okay? And under their leadership, together with Pope Francis, who is the successor of Peter, and all your bishops who are the successors of the apostles, we will be a church of disciples. And that discipleship is based on baptism. And at the level of disciples, we are clergy, religious, and laity. And beyond that, 
We are a church that is reaching out to the people of God, whoever they may be, all who seek God with a sincere heart, okay, all who work for justice and peace. And that is the kind of synodal church that I personally am excited about, okay? How other people uh, articulate it, I don't know. But this is how I'm going to articulate it in my Diocese of Penang and share it with others. A church of apostles, a church of disciples, and a church of the people of God. So, you know, it, it, it is interesting that the, the Synod has got four committees in Rome. Okay, the first four committee, committees. yeah, the first committee that the Pope has established is going to deal with the theology behind this whole thing. <laughs> okay, that we need thinkers like Clarence Das uh, and others to help us to to formulate a theology for our church. Uh, the second committee is going to be in charge of process and content. How is the process and content going to move from now till 2023, involving as many people as possible? The third committee is the Committee on Communications, uh, which is going to be a big thing, okay? And the last committee, which I'm most excited about, is the Committee on Spirituality. That this whole process needs, requires a conversion on the part of Pope Francis to begin with. He needs to be converted as much as all of us uh, to this new way, new understanding. And this is how the Spirit is leading him. Uh, and he is leading us. So, if you don't believe in the Holy Spirit, forget about it. You're wasting your time. Okay. You must believe that the Holy Spirit is not only guiding Pope Francis, but leading him. Huh? And anyway, we are going to be open to all and listen to all. Whether you come from the left wing or right wing, whether you come from conservative uh, side or liberal side, uh, I, actually, I'm a bit tired of all this. Huh? Okay, I, I, I think putting Bishop. I I think putting labels is a very, is for lazy people, huh? for lazy people. Okay, it's a kind of divide and rule kind of thing. So, it's going to be a, a, a time to allow everyone, and please go beyond labels, labels of oh I am left wing, I am right wing, I am conservative, I am liberal. Enough of that crap. Okay. And get down uh, to how is this, what is the Spirit saying to the Catholic Church, Universal Church uh, throughout the world through the leadership of Pope Francis? That's it. It's as simple Bishop, as that. Yeah. If, if I could just come back to, to a little bit about, you know, the hype. Uh, there's always a hype uh, prior to, to a synod, which means that there are expectations. If you looked at uh, the Synod on the family, uh, there were lots of expectations whether the Holy Father is now going to redefine what family marriage is going to be. So, you know, and there's media pressure uh, to, to deal with that. Um, not so much with the Synod on the youth, but yet, you know, there was a hype to this. Now, just trying to read up a little bit about, you know, what, what uh, media is saying, what different groups are saying. Um, they're saying that this this new this this synod is coming up on synodality where he's taking uh, advice if i may use that word uh, or he's consulting uh, more people um, is it 
a way of trying to to make the church uh, i mean for a lack of a better word i use more democratic in other words uh, more participation of people in the in the administration and the running of the church uh, is that what this uh, people like this is what is being said what, what are your thoughts on this you know poor pope francis uh, now and then he will throw in a line here or there and say things like synodality is not about democracy synodality doesn't mean that we are going to be like the parliament huh? it's not about the majority will decide you know these are all secular ideas uh, maybe quite relevant in the field of politics or in the secular world um, but this is a different ball game altogether. Uh, uh, it is his way of reaching out and consulting all of us and maybe telling us that this is how every parish should be, every diocese should be. Uh, and he will have to do his homework and do whatever reforms he has to in the Vatican, in the Roman Curia, and hope that every bishop will do likewise in their respective dioceses. And every family, let me say, uh, will also become, have this kind of an attitude and, and process, even in family life, even in family life, and in any group uh, that, that has a Catholic identity, that we cannot go in the direction of dictatorship, in the direction of, we use the word hierarchy, uh, and that word is very, very central in the Catholic Church. Um, but really, it has been nuanced these days. And we speak about a hierarchical communion. A hierarchical communion. Okay? That you remove the apostles, you remove the shepherds from the church. And if everybody wants to be sheep, everybody wants to serve, and nobody wants to lead, we will all go bonkers. Okay, it's as simple as that. So don't be naive. Huh? Don't be naive about the church. Don't be naive about family life. Without the parents representing Christ the head in family life, the family is going to collapse. So sometimes we can be a bit naive about all this democracy and, you know, and uh, parliamentary and majority rules. I give you a simple example huh? because a lot of us are going to say people don't listen, leaders don't listen. Some of my priests tell me I don't listen. Huh? And, uh, and the synodality is all about listening. Who is listening and who has to? So I give you an example. Jesus went to the house of Martha and Mary and he sat down and waited for the dinner to be prepared. Martha prepared the dinner. Mary sat at his feet and listened to him. Martha was busy with preparing the dinner. What happened? Martha shouts from the kitchen, Jesus, can you tell Mary to please come and help me to prepare the dinner? Huh? She's laid there at your feet. Huh? Can you ask her to come and help me to prepare the dinner? And I'm sure Martha must have said it loud enough for Mary to hear. Huh? 
But what did Mary do? She ignored Martha. She didn't follow. She didn't go and tell Jesus, okay, I better go and help my sister. And what did Jesus do? He told Martha, sorry, I'm not going to ask Mary to leave me and to go and help you prepare the dinner. In fact, she has chosen the better part and I'm not going to take it away from her. Now, what the point I'm trying to make about listening uh, is, and this is based on scripture, that's why one of the questions the Pope asks is, what kind of listening are we talking about? I'm, and I want to tell those who tell me that I'm not listening. I want to tell you that listening is one thing, agreeing with you is another thing. I may listen, but I may not agree with you. Huh? Jesus did not agree with Martha. It doesn't mean he didn't listen to what she said. And he didn't agree with Martha. He didn't ask Mary to leave him and go and help Martha. So listening has its own quality. Huh? So this is a simple example I want to give that, um, that actually it's a very exciting thing what the Pope is doing. Uh, for me, I'm excited that something like this is happening before I retire because this is what I was longing for ever since I became a priest uh, 45 years ago. And I've actually, many of us have been working in, along these lines. So we here in Malaysia, in West Malaysia particularly, we are quite fortunate because already in 1976, a process like a synodal process was introduced in our church in Kuala Lumpur, Malacca, Johor, Penang. Uh, through the efforts of Archbishop Vendagan at that time. So don't make uh, Pope Francis into a novelty, okay? Uh, mm -hmm. Which the media can take and do whatever they want with it, okay? Yes. And, yes. and the people who led us into a synodal church in 1976 here in Semenanjung was Archbishop Dominic Vendagan. And that guy attended Vatican II on our behalf in 1965. And Bishop Gregory Young in Penang and Bishop James Chan, who's still alive in Malacca Joe. And they led us into this synodal kind of church from 65, sorry, from 76. So take it easy. Okay, take it easy. Don't go for novelty. Go for the real yes. stuff. Go for the real so, stuff. Bishop Sebastian, the initial message was that this will be an assembly of bishops, for bishops. Now we are learning more that the laity also will be involved. And you said from August, sorry, October till April, there will be interaction with the laity. Now, will it be a, a catechism or will it be a Q&A or will it be a discussion? What kind of process how will the laity get involved? How can the laity participate? Are, 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 we, are we just sought after for our, for our opinion? Or is, is it also a catechism? Is it a learning process for us? Do, do share more. A good question. I think practically we will have not much time for catechesis. <laughs> for catechism. Okay, oh, now and, and, uh, I don't think we will have much time. The catechesis has been it's going like that. that. Since Vatican Council II, since our adjournment in 76, the endless, since PMPC in 2016, where Clarence was involved, uh, exactly. uh, I think this has been going on non-stop. So please don't 
canonize Pope Francis too quickly, okay? <laughs> that he is a Pope for, for he, he is God's choice. And what he is doing, as far as I'm concerned, he's being faithful to Vatican Council too. And he's being faithful to the Holy Spirit. And he's building upon his predecessors. Don't take him as an upstart. Uh, that's not how we bishops and popes function. We build upon one another. Uh, we build upon one another. I've always said what I'm doing in Penang was started by the first bishop of Penang, Bishop Francis Chan, and Bishop Gregory Yong, and Bishop Soter Fernandez, and Anthony Salvanayakam, and myself. Mm. It's a question of continuity for God's sake. And don't make personalities out of us. It's stupid uh, to make to turn all this into a personality cult, including a personality cult about Pope Francis, uh, so that he becomes the, the, the monopoly of the left wing. All rubbish. Uh, so question, yeah. How would how would be the laity? How would we prepare ourselves? How would we get involved? Because uh, as I said, initially the the message was it was an assembly of bishops but now as you are saying we also would be approached we also are part of the preparation process am i right from this october until april next year so how are we the laity getting involved how can we participate well we have our normal channels how what the pope is saying is brought down to the bishops all over the world that is the first way it moves. And from each bishop to his diocese, and who are the people whom each bishop is going to rely on in his diocese to bring it down uh, to the parishes, to the ministries in the diocese, to the BECs, uh, ultimately to the families. Well, the interesting thing about all this is it is all there on available online on the social media. Every step, as you said, is not going to be so much catechesis from what I see. It's going to be more questionnaires, eliciting responses. Uh, for example, uh, in my message, uh, let me tell you what I wrote, okay? In my pastoral letter, I wrote here, as stated in the preparatory document, okay, this will be read out on the 17th of October, to all God's people in whatever way it goes out. The purpose of the Synod and therefore of this consultation is not to produce documents. We are not going to have more documents. We are not interested. The Pope is not interested, rather, in more documents, okay? But to plant dreams. To plant dreams. To draw forth prophecies and visions from young and old, to allow hope to flourish. What blessed catechesis some more you need, for God's sake, wake up uh, and start articulating your dreams and your hopes and your visions. Uh, to allow hope to flourish, to inspire trust, to bind up wounds, maybe a lot of wounds there. Uh, recently, Pope Francis said, if you want to attack me personally, Go ahead, uh, because I'm a sinner. I need to be challenged. But if you attack the church, it's another matter altogether. I'm being blunt now. 
Uh, enough of crap. Okay. Uh, so, to inspire trust, to bind up wounds, to weave together relationships, to awaken a dawn of hope, to learn from one another and create a bright resourcefulness that will enlighten minds, warm up hearts, and give strength to our hands. Get down to work. Uh, so, think and feel with your hands and with your heart. That's what the Pope is saying. Okay, enough of theories. We're not going to come out with more documents. Well, how we are going to implement all this? Well, please believe in the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit who is working in Pope Francis is also in you. So wake up. Okay, and don't be in the clouds. Come down. Turun Padang. The Pope is Turun Padang. He wants all of us to Turun Padang. Okay. Bishop, <laughs> so, as you as you as you talk about you talk about listening, you know, listening. Now and consultation. Uh, let me just I want to just add a little bit. You know, the, the, the perception is that you know I want somebody to hear me. You know, I want I want I have all these this you know uh, difficulties, challenges. Let's just say even you know complaints. Uh, whether it's the church, the priest, whether the church is not doing this or the priest is not doing that. I have all these things. I want somebody to hear me. But I think there's also another aspect that the Holy Father is calling for in this whole process is for me, with all my with all my difficulties, my hurdles, my complaints, uh, he's also inviting me to listen to somebody else. Uh, if, if not, the, the process is somehow short-circuited because, you know, the whole question is, you know, uh, it's all frustrating. Nobody's hearing me. Nobody is hearing me. But it also has to involve someone listening to someone else in that process. So the whole process of, of consultation, sometimes people think consultation is, ah, I want my voice to be, to be sent to Rome, you know, and then I'm done. Uh, this, is, this, is my, this is my view. Uh, okay, I'm done. But I think that the emphasis also has to be as much as I want somebody to hear me, uh, I also must have the openness to hear the other person, to sit back and to listen to the other. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, uh, Bishop? I think it's excellent that you brought that up because there are two levels of listening that I can sense in the, in the methodology that they have given us. One is we listening to one another, including those who have complaints and those about any Tom, Dick and Harry and all that. Okay. Huh? We listening to one another, whether it be positive or negative, the ability to allow anyone to articulate whatever he or she wants to say, whether it is coming out of growth or whether it is coming out of hurts or expectations or the disappointments articulated. Number two, but that's don't stop there. We listening to one another is an important part of the process. The second process is all of us together listening to the Holy Spirit. Uh, that I think is going to be quite interesting and exciting as well. How are you going to? to animate this and facilitate this, those of us who will be in that position. How are we all together going to 
listen to the Holy Spirit. I think this is a fantastic opportunity uh, to go beyond ideology. There's too much of ideology in the church, pulling in two different directions and both accusing each other of not listening. Uh, but it's very ideological. Call it left-wing, call it right-wing, call it conservatives, call it liberals, call it what you want. Uh, and how the bishops, together with Francis, Pope Francis, who have the primacy of unity in the church, the primacy of unity and diversity in the church, the primacy of unity and diversity and continuity in the church, the primacy of love in the church and in the world, the primacy of truth in the church and in the world. How are we going to play our roles? I have no idea. <laughs> but I can tell you one thing. I believe in the Holy Spirit. And we are, this is our role. Together with Pope Francis, uh, he alone as successor of Peter and all of us together with him as successors of the apostles playing this role of primacy. And to assure, as Pope, the Pope is doing, that everyone will have the occasion or the opportunity if they wish to. And if those who don't want to go through the official channels, two websites or emails are given for you to shoot directly <laughs> to the top. Uh -huh. But the point is, the Pope wants everyone to articulate it, whatever it is. Uh -huh articulated and hope that the spirit will do so. I remember telling Father Clarence at PMPC 2020, 2016, uh, when we met in Majodi, uh, I remember saying this, I was already a bishop, okay? I said, remain true to the process that has been established by Pope Francis, uh, by the church. Remain true to the process and you will remain true to the Holy Spirit. How do you be faithful to the Holy Spirit? Remain true to the process. Say what you have to say, regardless of who is going to agree or disagree with you. Huh? Nobody has to agree with you, for God's sake. Who do you think you are? You think you're God? Huh? You think what? You have a monopoly of the Holy Spirit? Come on, wake up, grow up, man. Huh? Neither does the Pope have it, but he has to play that role. You don't have to. He has to keep the church united. You can whack and, and go and have your, your glass of beer after that and talk whatever you want to talk. Okay. But he has to keep the primacy of unity in the church. How is he going to do that? For God's sake, pray for him. Go on your knees. Pray and fast if you know what is good for you and for your church. That's why I like the Committee on Spirituality is going to remind us that there is a spirituality that must accompany your freedom to say what you want to say. And if that spirituality is not there, you are going to be the loser. That's it. Bishop, there is a prayer. There is a prayer uh, to the Holy Father Spirit. Clarence, one Someone asked, sure. of, of all the synods that has happened, what has been the most... Uh, effective or the synod that had produced the greatest result after that 
it, has there been uh, you know uh, a clear result a clear change uh, the greatest synod in that sense the molder of things carved it changed things i i do not know how to evaluate that <laughs> for example if you were to take the last two synods on family and on youth uh, the one on family seems to have divided the church to some extent uh, based on some of the um, ins ins inspiration that uh, made Pope Francis say what he said uh, has maybe and and truth finally uh, will prevail even if it causes division okay and the one on youth how successful it was ask the young people I don't know I find uh, the young people very inspiring wherever I go okay is that a sign that the the, the synod was successful if it is so be it okay of course there are many young people who have left the church and so on and so forth huh? but uh, those that are still there and uh, who are making a contribution i find them extremely authentic with all their struggles huh? i don't know it's it's very subjective lah, yeah it's very subjective in terms of is it a success is it how do you evaluate uh, the success? I think that's, that's, I think that's, 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 a, that's a point, Bishop, you make. You know, how do you evaluate success? It's very hard to evaluate success uh, in terms of a synod. Uh, every synod uh, comes out with, with new directions. And I, and I think that in the last two, uh, from my own readings, very challenging um, in the sense that there, there are a lot of issues that are left open-ended, which I think is good for the church. Uh, it allows us to, to, to think further, to think deeper uh, and to and to find new ways to create Pope Francis always talks about creativity uh, to find creative ways to respond to the realities uh, so to Glenn's question I was just thinking when you were saying that you know that there is no like you know an evaluation sheet that goes out to all the bishops afterwards can you rate uh, one to ten how successful this this uh, this synod was but to be able to to assimilate the whole pro like you rightly said to assimilate the whole processes and to be faithful to the process i think i think that's that's one of the, the challenges i just want to go back a little bit to you talk about you know being faithful to the holy spirit and, and there's a prayer that you shared with us uh, and and it's a prayer to the holy spirit uh, would you like to just help our viewers uh, this morning to help understand a little bit about about this prayer which we will kind of uh, bring up on the screen Surprised that this prayer goes back actually to the year 636. That's how old it is, this prayer. Uh, 636, and it was composed wow. by Saint Isidore of Seville. So, and this is the prayer Pope Francis has chosen, and apparently, this is the prayer that is prayed for every synod. Okay, and you can see at Sumus. Uh, Sancti Spiritus simply means we stand before you, Holy Spirit. So whatever anybody is going to say, okay, remember that the first person who is listening and who will, uh, who will do something with what you are saying, okay, or sharing for the good of the church is the Holy Spirit. 
And I'm very, very sensitive about this, okay? Because uh, I strongly believe that the, the mission to continue with the, what Christ did or to the continuation of the mission of Christ uh, after he left us is entrusted to the Holy Spirit primarily and not to Pope Francis or to me or to any of you, okay? It is entrusted to the Holy Spirit. And therefore, this mission will succeed if you are obedient to the Holy Spirit. And I believe Pope Francis is obedient to the Holy Spirit. And, and therefore, it will succeed. And people like Pope Francis and you and me and Clarence and, and uh, Glenn and myself, we are asked to cooperate with the Holy Spirit through Pope Francis. Now, those who have uh, difficulties with Pope Francis, uh, we, we will, I guess, uh, the process will be quite difficult, actually. Huh? Especially if you disagree with him on certain ideological things huh? or certain things, whatever it may be. Huh? So, um, I think uh, it is rather interesting that he has chosen this prayer. Huh? And... Uh, Actually, if you look at this prayer, before you say anything, before you pen anything, before you email anything, I suggest you say this prayer first for yourself, for yourself. Because if this synodal process doesn't lead to a conversion, beginning with Pope Francis and the bishops and the clergy and the religious and the laity and the young and the old, well, it'll be another shouting parliamentary session and, you know, okay, and life goes on. It's okay. You say what you have to say and then you are happy because you have got it out of your chest and then, you know, you, you just carry on with your thing. But don't forget, the continuation of the mission is the Holy Spirit. So I plead for obedience, not just the Holy Spirit guiding you, huh? The Holy Spirit guides you and then you go and do what you like. Not like that. But the Holy Spirit is leading, not just guiding. Uh, and you must believe that if you want to still believe in the church and believe that the Spirit will lead the church to its point of fulfillment. And if you have that kind of a spirituality, I think you say what you have to say. St. Augustine said, Say anything you want to say, but the motivation must be your love for the church. Whack anybody you want to whack, but your motivation must be your love for the church. If not, you are a nut. You're just uh, uh, cl uh, clashing a bang symbol, you know, banging away, making a lot of noise. And actually, you're quite boring when you make a lot of noise with no substance, with no conversion, with no Holy Spirit. Huh? just venting it out <laughs> so anyway Pope is ready for everything including that including that because that is the spirituality that is the spirituality as someone told me just before this the last time they had consultation on something someone from I don't know where I don't want to mention places said oh we must go back to the Latin mass we must you know I said oh, why not tell the Pope maybe uh, your bishop should get married you know that that's an opinion why not <laughs> so what i'm trying to say is 
I told the gentleman, well, the Pope is saying, say it, if that's what you believe, say it, it's okay. We so the, 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 the Synod on the Family uh, raised very interesting issues because the press and the world is so uh, crazy about same-sex marriages and, and all these kind of issues. But the Pope was willing to allow people to articulate whatever they want to, wanted to articulate. And he took the, the, the orientation in his apostolic exhortation. By the way, after the Synod, uh, the Pope will come out with an apostolic exhortation. That's what it's called technically, officially. And that is where he will summarize everything. Huh? And, you know, pray for the poor guy huh? because he's, he has to do it single-handed. Huh? and take full responsibility for it. I can go and wash my hands and say, that is the Pope's uh, apostolic exhortation is not mine. Huh? But imagine what kind of a responsibility he's holding for you, for us. Huh? So I am saying, get back to the Catholicity of the church. Our church is a church that is founded on the rock of Peter. Okay, and Jesus said that, not me. And that rock is Pope Francis today, whether you like him or you don't like him. Okay, and our and church so is founded on the, on the rock of the apostles, together with Peter. So this is <laughs> our moment of truth, our moment of whatever you want to call it. Well, we hope we will live, survive this synod and go beyond survival and lead the church into what Pope John Paul said at the beginning of the third millennium, Duke in Altum, put out your nets into the deep. Cast your nets into the deep. And that's how we entered the year 2000. And it's only 21 years since we entered the third millennium. And I think Pope John Paul's two prayers are coming alive, are happening. Put out into the deep. Thank Amen. you. So Bishop. We have, we have Duke in Autumn here, we have. So, and you as being the president of this, the leader, the person in charge of this whole synod, what do you feel, what are your hopes for this upcoming synod? What do you aim to see at the end of it? It, it could be the, after a few weeks, a few months. Yeah. It, <laughs> It's interesting, like at PMPC uh, uh, 4, where Clarence was uh, helping to run the thing, uh, you know, we don't predetermine the outcome too much so that it doesn't appear that we are manipulating with the Holy Spirit too much. We will only say what we have to say. And in this case, it is the poor guy, Pope Francis, okay, not me. <laughs> of course, I will be there with 300 over bishops, uh, listening to the whole feedback from all over the world. Uh, but finally, uh, the, the outcome will depend on the, the quality of the listening to one another and together listening to the Holy Spirit. And as I, I, do, I don't want to, even at PMPC 16, we finally, the Holy Spirit gave us three words, inclusive, creative, bridge building. That was 2016. 
the pandemic came in 2019, end of 2019. I believe that the Holy Spirit prepared the Catholic Church in Semenanjung, Malaysia for the pandemic by telling us, wake up, be creative, be inclusive, be bridge building. And how did we arrive at these three words? By listening to one another, by listening to the Holy Spirit. And that was the outcome. Did we predetermine that outcome? No, we didn't. Did we manipulate that? I, I don't think Clarence did, on and neither did us. Uh, it came through the process of listening to 800 over participants who were there. So that, that's the kind of thing we got to get at. Uh, of course, the, the, the doctrines of the church will remain the doctrines of the church. The, the creed of the church will remain the creed of the church. You and I are not going to change that. You must be crazy to try and alter that. Okay? But we are talking about uh, the church responding to today, to the world today as it is. So I think it's very hopeful. Lah. I, I, because why I find it hopeful is because I find that it is following the, 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 the process of Vatican II and remaining true to Vatican II. Not that I think John Paul II, Benedict, all these guys remain true to Vatican II as well in their own way. And Francis is just building upon them. I am not going to compare these popes one with the other and choose my favorites, no. I think all of them were given to us by God and all of them played their respective roles. If we can see the church more and more like that, I think we will be a more focused church moving forward with confidence. Bishop, yes. uh, yeah, it's been a very dense conversation about uh, the upcoming synod. And I think it has created uh, a lot of excitement uh, amongst many people. Uh, those who have been following uh, what the Pope has been inviting the church to, uh, right from, from the ground upwards, you know, there's going to be a whole process of consultation, collation, uh, and also presentation. And in fact, I, I believe in some ways, the Holy Father will actually get to hear uh, the voice of, of every Catholic uh, in, in the reports that are going to be presented. So it is quite exciting in that sense, whether, whether, my sentence is read to the Holy Father, not it's, it's not important, but in, this, in the sense that I have been a part of the process uh, and I take ownership of that process uh, to be able to, to move the church forward. And I think that's what Pope Francis wants. He wants the, to move the church forward uh, rather than it uh, being stagnated or being held back uh, uh, by chains of whatever sort, whatever ideologies that are, that are out there. Uh, I'm also told that you are going to honor us uh, in this podcast uh, with a pastoral letter that is supposed to be read uh, only on the 17th, but you're going to give us an exclusive uh, in this uh, podcast, and we thank you for that. Uh, Mr. Sebastian, over to you. What would you like to, to read out to the whole church in Malaysia, to every Catholic at home uh, with regard to this journey towards the Synod of Bishops in 2023. Over okay. to you. Okay, so um, I just read it out because it's quite short, actually. Uh, 
we the catholic bishops conference of malaysia singapore brunei are grateful to launch locally in every diocese the 16th ordinary general assembly of the synod of bishops which will take place in october 2023 and we will launch it on the 17th of october this year 2021 from all our dioceses with the theme for a synodal church communion participation and mission as stated in the preparatory document the purpose of the synod and therefore of this consultation is not to produce documents but to plant dreams to draw forth prophecies and visions to allow hope to flourish to inspire trust to bind up wounds to weave together relationships to awaken a dawn of hope learn from one another and create a bright resourcefulness that will enlighten minds warm hearts and give strength to our hands this is a quote directly from the preparatory document in this vision of a synodal church let us move forward as a church of the people of god this is vatican 2 huh? constantly engaged in the dialogue of life the dialogue of faith the dialogue of culture and the dialogue with the poor in spirit we move forward as a church of missionary disciples made up of clergy religious and laity baptized and sent in the one mission of jesus christ and we move forward as a church of apostles the successors of the apostles being the bishops in union with pope francis together they pope francis and the bishops all over the world exercise the primacy of unity in diversity the primacy of continuity unity in continuity together with the primacy of love and truth this synod vision of a synodal church calls for two things number one a journey of personal conversion number two a journey of obedience to the direction of the holy spirit through the church we do this by being faithful to the process that begins today the 17th of october in the local churches throughout the world leading to the synod of bishops in 2023 may saint joseph the guardian of the universal church and mother mary the mother of the church intercede for us in our local churches of malaysia singapore and brunei Bishop Sebastian Francis, President of the Catholic Bishops Conference of Malaysia, Singapore, Brunei, and I have added in the message which is going to go out in Tamil, in Bahasa Malaysia, and in Mandarin as well as English. You may read the original documents in the conference website 
and the website is given. Thank you, Clarence and Glenn. Thank you very much, Bishop, for, for honoring us with that exclusive uh, long before it is being read, uh, before it's read in, in, in the churches. Uh, we have heard the, the pastoral message uh, inviting uh, as many Catholics as possible to, to take part in this process. Uh, I think uh, it is, like you said in the beginning, I think uh, it is a historical moment. Uh, it's a moment uh, that we should be proud of, that we are participating in this process. And I think something that we all should make an effort uh, to somehow get involved. Uh, it doesn't really matter, you know, sometimes whether it will be heard or not heard, but to articulate and to allow the Holy Spirit uh, to bring it to the attention of the Holy Father. Uh, Bishop Sebastian, we, we thank you for, for honoring us uh, with your time, your generosity uh, of sharing your time with us uh, to talk about this uh, synod that is upcoming and this two-year process uh, of preparing for that synod and articulating our dreams, our aspirations, uh, and our hopes too, uh, to the Holy Father, uh, who is leading the church in this very difficult and challenging times. Bishop, Pray. before we uh, yeah, before we conclude, uh, would you like to lead us in a short prayer? Can we end with that synodal prayer? Sure. If it is uh, flashed on the thing, then I give you all a blessing. All right. We pray, pray together, Glenn and Clarence and all at home. Together, we stand before you, Holy Spirit, as we gather together in your name, with you alone to guide us. Make yourself at home in our hearts. Teach us the way we must go and how we are to pursue it. We are weak and sinful. Do not let us promote disorder. Do not let ignorance lead us down the wrong path, nor partiality influence our actions. Let us find in you our unity so that we may journey together to eternal life and not stray from the way of truth and what is right. All this we ask of you, who are at work in every place and time, in the communion of the Father and the Son, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. If you look at this prayer, you will understand what is in Pope Francis' mind. It's all summarized in that prayer. He's even praying that this synod will not lead to greater disunity and division in the church. May his prayer be answered. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. And may Almighty God bless you all, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Glenn and Clarence. Thank you very much, Bishop. Uh, and to all our viewers, uh, thank you for joining us for another episode of Catholics at Home. Uh, don't forget you, to, tune in, to tune in also to our Understanding World Religions, which we have been having for the past six uh, Tuesdays. Uh, and this coming Tuesday will be the last. Uh, it will be Christianity. Uh, we have our Most Reverend uh, Julian Liao, the Archbishop of Kuala Lumpur, and also Father William Michael, uh, who would uh, speak to us uh, and try and explain to us 
uh, our very own faith uh, of following Jesus as followers of Jesus. So don't forget to tune in uh, this Tuesday uh, at 8 p.m. Thank you very much, Glenn, for being with us. Uh, thank you, Bishop. We hope to have you again uh, soon uh, for another conversation. Uh, until then, bye, everyone. Hi, Andy. Sorry, I didn't say hi.